When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Forever Dog This is Nicole's Gazing Night of Me She's watched the show like a lot of times Who is gonna be chief of surgery? Shana Rhymes wrote the show and it is really, really good. Meredith Grey. Hello and welcome to another episode of Nicole's Grey's Anatomy. I am so excited about this episode. Uh, I feel like it's been... A couple weeks since we talked about a character when we did Adele. Now we're back to talking to about another character, Mark Sloan, which I, I, it's so funny, like viewing Mark in isolation, being like, who is Mark Sloan apart from, you know, all this other stuff. But Sydney Battle, who's an incredible comedian is here. Uh, she's been a Mark Sloan uh Stan since the beginning, really. I think Stan is the right word because she does have a shirt that we will discuss that if you saw this on Twitter, you've already seen the shirt. But uh, it's amazing. And I am uh, think you're really going to like this episode. Uh, I haven't watched, as, as you're listening to this, I haven't watched this week's most recent Grey's episode because it hasn't come out yet. But I watched last week and I, I'm feeling good. I think this Pack North th- stuff is really good. I'll do a little episode soon, I think, on like just season 16 so that I don't clutter it for everyone else. But I am seeing your tweets. I do really appreciate them. I read them. I love them. Uh, I, I, I think that we're all going to make it through and it's going to be really good. Um... If you haven't yet left a uh, five-star review for the podcast, I would super appreciate it. And yeah, I think that's about all I have to say. Uh, Let's talk about McSteamy. Uh, Hello, and welcome to another episode of Nicole's Grey's Anatomy. I'm so excited for this episode and also just surprised that the theme is one that we haven't tackled so far because in my opinion he's a fave but we'll we'll talk we'll talk all about it but first i just want to introduce our guest who is a comedian in new york she does stuff at ucb uh it's sydney battle hello 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 welcome Hi. to this podcast <laughs> this is our first time meeting but you mm-hmm. tweeted at me saying that you wanted to be on the podcast and you included a photo that was <laughs> I mean no matter what I would have been like absolutely but the photo was undeniable <laughs> and so I simply I like emailed my producer immediately and I was like we have to <laughs> we have to do this it's 
It was jarring for me. Um, <laughs> I had tweeted about it like a, a couple months before I sent you that tweet. Yeah. And my friend who is like just now watching Grey's Anatomy found your podcast, introduced me to it and was like, you need to be on this because I think that you'll love it. And also like if she sees these pictures of you and Mark Sloan and the shirt you were wearing. Yeah. Side you by have side. to describe the the shirt. It is a shirt from Hollister uh-huh. uh, that I bought when I was probably in seventh grade. And it says McSteamy's intern. Yep. Uh, which I now realize fully that it implies that I wanted to have sex with McSteamy. Oh, 100%. Uh, but I was, I think the only reason my parents let me wear it to middle school so much is because I was such an awkward looking child. Like <laughs> truly just so awkward looking that they were like, no one will see that and read it as sexual. Like, but truly. The absolute best part of the shirt is that it has, like, a printed-on stethoscope, <laughs> like, around your neck as to kind of to drive, to drive home your medical intern. <laughs> you're, yes. you're, you're an MD in your mm -hmm. intern year. <laughs> yeah, I want to make it very clear that I'm a 13-year-old intern, yeah. and I'm uh, here not only to get with McSteamy, but yeah. uh, to earn my degree. It also says medicine. Hollister on it, which is incredible. <laughs> They had a McDreamy one, too. And I remember when I went to buy mine, I was severely judging anyone who bought a McDreamy shirt. Like, really? Were you not? Mm. Was it like you didn't like you didn't like Derek or you just were like, it's no contest between the I did two. not think it was a contest. I was like, okay. I can't believe everyone thinks this guy is attractive and they're not all just going for Mark Sloan. Like, I, I could not believe that. Oh, my gosh. OK, wait. So let's back up. A bit, you know, to the to the moments that led you to <laughs> step inside that Hollister mm -hmm. and make a, a purchase that changed my life. <laughs> um, what has your Grey's journey been? I started watching with my family when it first came out in 2005, when uh -huh. it was super inappropriate for me to be watching. I was probably like nine years old, nine oh, yeah. or ten. <laughs> you are quite young. <laughs> I'm Is doing it? the math right now. And I'm like, wow. Okay. Uh, yeah. I'm a. I was born in '94. Ooh, so okay. Yeah. <laughs> I'm actually also also very young, but just not as young. But We're I'm still young. I'm very youthful. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yes, yes. <laughs> Your energy is pure youth. And yeah, I, I people have that. always. That's kind of what has always just drawn me to um like have lunch with my teachers and stuff. Is my youthful <laughs> spirit. Mm -hmm. Uh huh. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, uh, but, but I, <laughs> I would watch with my family. Uh, just in retrospect, so inappropriate. And my dad always, we'd watch it during dinner and he'd loudly go, oh, the music in this show. <laughs> God, oh, another song. Oh. And too, then get, too much music is such a funny complaint it's about TV. not even that it's, it's too much music and then it's the volume of the music that bothers him. Yeah. Like he cannot believe how loud it is in comparison to their dialogue. Yeah, it's, no, it's, that's, that's, that's a accurate, Observation. You didn't know before watching Grey, Grey's that there were there were so many covers of Hallelujah. You just yeah. you didn't know. You didn't know the depth. Yeah, mm -hmm. it's a deep, <laughs> deep repertoire of yeah. covers, and that, then they're gonna pull those out. <laughs> yeah, because it always hits home. Yeah. So, did you like get it? Like, I don't know if when I was nine, I would have. Like, I think I would have probably liked the show, but mm -hmm. I don't know. Already when I was watching it when I was like 14, I had, I think, a limited understanding of like 
the relationships, like even like the friendships, like those dynamics, I think it was only upon rewatches that I was like, oh, okay. I like understand the dynamics here. Yeah. No, I don't think I got it at (laughs) all. And what's funny is that I have rewatched probably like four times now. So the first time was when like the OG watching cycle. Yeah. And then the second one was when I was in college and I had all these opinions where I was like, I get it now. Oh, that's a huge gap. That's like- yeah. Yeah, it's a huge gap, but then I rewatched again after I graduated college and yeah. even then my opinions were completely different. I was like, I can't believe I thought that three years ago. That's so unhealthy. Oh, I love to change. And now <laughs> I'm watching it like a few years after graduating and I'm like, oh my God, still so unhealthy. Wow. Okay. So is there like is there something that comes to mind of like one like relationship or character who you've had multiple evolutions with? Yeah, I um there's I don't know if we'll, I don't know if we'll get to this clip, but the clip specifically where um Callie changes in the hallway in front of Mark. Yeah. And then when Callie keeps walking in on him like being in the shower and yeah. we just like have these conversations with him and also the fact that they have so much casual sex but they're still so chill with each other. In my child mind I went that's adult friendship. Yeah. I said, that is what friendship is as an adult. Yeah, there's no difference between being naked or being clothed once you're really close with somebody. No, and you all have sex with each other. Yeah. And you all kiss each other, and that is adult friendship. <laughs> but when I was I don't think it was that weird that we were watching it when I was little because my mom was super into um, medical shows, but real medical shows, like medical documentaries. And okay. so we'd watch like – documentaries that had real surgeries in them and we'd watch those during dinner and so my sister and I were both very desensitized oh my gosh. to medical stuff that's amazing and by the time I got to college this is god I <laughs> this is just crazy yeah. I would be in the library and I would need background noise to distract myself uh-huh. and so I'd look up a surgery on YouTube that was on the show <laughs> like a quadruple bypass or uh-huh. some surgery Christina mentioned and I just like watched that like in a tiny corner of my screen and people would walk behind me in the library and be like what the fuck is That's she doing incredible no it's I've never creepy. even known that you could do that with YouTube. There are like eight hour surgeries on it's wow. insane. Does it look different than is this a bad question? Does it look different than it does on great? I mean, like, mm. I don't mean like accuracy wise, I guess I just mean gore wise. Like, is it more does it change knowing that it's a real person and not like Well, they still don't like show you it's so close up. Uh-huh. That it, you can block that out like they do. It's yeah. like when they drape the patients. You can't see, like, no. the person it's attached to. Yeah, and so it's not that different from the show, except that it is very clear that these are, like, real body parts. I remember reading once someone describing, like, the experience of shooting surgery on greys. Mm. And I never really contemplated, like, what, um, what, like, what it feels like. And they were like, oh, yeah, the fake blood is, like, really sticky. Is what they were saying. And they were like, you know, you're wearing like gloves and stuff and Mm -hmm. it just it dries really fast and your fingers like get stuck together. And I was like, oh, I just never I never really thought about like, even though I know it's fake, there's still a part of me that's just like, yeah, it's fake, but they use blood. (laughs) Like It's not a real person, but like there's like blood in there. Like, oh, yeah, no, none of that is. (laughs) No, it's just like (laughs) corn syrup and it feels bad (laughs) to touch. (laughs) It's like unhappy and you can't get lost completely in the in 
in the experience because your fingers are sticking together. So it would be happier if it was real blood and it wasn't sticking together. I guess what I'm saying is I don't know how much of a leap it would be for me mentally to watch watch a real surgery because already my dumb brain thinks (laughs) of Grey's as real surgery. Already when I'm watching it, I'm like, wow. Their hands are really bloody. I mean, have you ever been on an airplane and they do the little ding noise and uh-huh. they're like, excuse me, are there any doctors on board? That's and actually you, never happened to me. Do you get tempted? I literally, I was in a weird place of my 20s. <laughs> my 20s. Like, I yeah. was like 20 years old. And I like raised my hand quick and then I put it down really quickly. Be like, no, wait, I'm not a doctor. Yeah. I have... I it's not so much that I've thought that I'm a doctor before so much as I've been like I could do it in that a bind mm-hmm. <laughs> on a, in a bind I could yeah, a really like easy one like an embolus what's happening over there <laughs> hmm can I hear those breath sounds please, please yeah uh, between the fifth and sixth rib let me just <laughs> get in there that's so funny I can't, I that's amazing that your mom is like a surgery hobbyist. Yeah, she's very into medical stuff. I mean, that's a cool thing to be into. There are worse things, yeah. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> okay, so so you so yeah, it's like the boundaries, the adult friendships, mm-hmm. it all it all changes. The way that I saw that fight between Meredith and Christina when, you know, they're both fighting over the research lab and they yes. don't my view on that has changed every time I rewatch it. Where where, where were you starting? And so, so for people who mm-hmm. didn't make it quite that far, <clears throat> this is honestly pretty close to when Christina leaves. Yes. And Meredith is using like a 3D printer mm-hmm. uh, to, to make uh, body parts. Yeah, uh, like portal veins or portal livers. Veins. Or, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And Christina... Ends up like Meredith's use of the machine is linked to like a larger medical thing that's being tested. But mm-hmm. Christina realizes that she could kind of in a less it's more it's daring in the sense that it's using a 3D printed body part. But it's not like it doesn't require as much like testing because it's not like it's not like a new procedure necessarily. Yeah. Like and Meredith's she, submitting research and Christina is actually trying to save a life. Right. Of a person actively. Who's there. And mm-hmm. it becomes this like massive rift between the two of them because Christina stopped. It takes hours and hours and hours to Mm -hmm. print and Christina stops the printing process on Meredith's project in order to start her own to, to kind of like basically hop in line in front of Meredith on her own medical innovation to use it. Mm -hmm. And yeah, there the fight lasts multiple episodes and it's rough. Yeah, it goes on and on. And when I first watched it, I remember, like, I loved Christina Yang so much Mm -hmm. as a, I still do. But as a child, I especially identified with her. And I was like, she's right no matter what. Like, of course. Like, how could Meredith even think this was an issue? I don't Uh understand. And now that I get older, I'm like, okay, well, I guess they both had points. Yeah. I mean, I'm still leaning Christina because her case was more emergent. But am I understanding of Meredith and her frustration? For sure. Yeah, I I think when I watched it the first time, I was felt so overwhelmed by just wanting their fight to be over. Like I just mm. it, the fight made me so unhappy that I was like, I just figured it out. But I remember being frustrated with Christina the first really? time around, being like, I mean, I'm like a Christina, I'm a Christina 
obsessive. But I remember yeah. just being like, this is... It, it's willful ignorance to, to just try and make it about like your patient because you mm. of all people know that it's not just about that. Like when you think about like all of her stuff with Burke and credit and things like that, you're, it's like you're kind of playing dumb or or like it's like both playing dumb and her ego is so big that she's like mm. – if you're relying on this machine that literally anybody could use to do this innovation for you, then it's actually not that impressive. It's like, seems like also kind of to be her philosophy. And I remember kind of being like, that's really mean, but probably right. Yeah. Yeah. And now I want to rewatch it again because. Where are, are you in your current rewatch? I am in season 14. It's oh, wow. Rough. It's rough. Yeah. Yeah, and you and you were telling me before we started recording that you wait until the whole season is over before watching it. So yeah. you're not currently watching the new season. 16. I'm not there. Yeah, no. Uh, yeah, I I'm like I'm still kind of ha I'm optimistic about it. Okay, like I <coughs> I won't tell you what it is, but there's like a there's like a device that they're kind of building to generate like a new source of stories, not stations. Uh, 19, which is also what they're trying, but not that. Oh, they're trying to do another spinoff. Well, it's not that they're trying to do another spinoff. They are merging. I mean, already Station 19 and Grey's take place in the same universe, mm -hmm. but um, a character from Grey's is now dating a character from Station 19 in order to create more crossover potential and trying to kind of um, force us to care about what is happening in the Station Don't 19 universe. Don't make me watch Station 19. I mean, literally no one could. Shonda, please. No one could do it. Stop. <laughs> However, not that not that device, mm -hmm. but there is a hospital medical-based device that they're using to kind of like kind of kickstart mm -hmm. the system. And for me, it's starting to work. So that's very no. exciting for me. Oh, As someone who just famously, constantly, loudly, <laughs> annoyingly is begging Grays to do as many medical cases as possible for us to kind of get to know some patients, please. My God, please. Yeah. Ugh, it reminds me of like Supernatural when they started going off into like angels and stuff. It's like, I literally just want the monsters. Please bring them back. <laughs> <laughs> I've never seen that show, but that sentence was doing it for me. They yeah. have like 20 seasons at this point. I never go past around like season five because... I'm like, stop trying to do it. Not enough monsters, too many angels. Too many angels, too many demons. See, my <laughs> angels, demons, <laughs> the Da Vinci Code. I remember watching True Blood, which I didn't finish, mm. and at some point being like, ugh, if everyone's magic, then no one's magic. Like, people, come on. True. And that was my version where I was like, we need some normies here. <laughs> Everyone... Everyone can turn into a wolf or eat mm -hmm. blood or uh, turn into different animals or do magic yeah. or be dead. And I'm like, ugh. It's exhausting. Can I just have – or be a psychic. I'm like, can we have one normal person who's like scared <laughs> of these people? <laughs> I would really appreciate it. It's why I find – I will say this. It's like I don't care about them at all, but the new crops of interns that they've been bringing in from season, like, I think 12 on, <sighs> even though I don't care about them at all, no. at least a lot of them are dumb. And I'm tired of every doctor who comes to Seattle Grace being like this, this genius mind, yeah. the best surgeon in the world. Like I keep either... kicking the table and I'm sorry. <laughs> I get excited. It's like, I, it really feels like a reflex. <laughs> 
Sorry. Um, okay. Yes, everyone who comes to, yeah, it's like the best neurosurgeon in the world, the best. Like, pick a lane. Yeah. You can't be ranked 12th in the country and then, like, still attract this talent. It's very true. Oh, everything you're saying, though, is making me excited for you to see season 16 oh, because God. there's there's a plot. <laughs> there's a bit of a plot. Does it involve... I will. Is Miranda Bailey part of the plot? Oh, everyone's part of the plot. Can I talk for a second about this move that Miranda Bailey does, where she's like talking to someone, and uh-huh. then she like looks around for a chair, and she'll be like, "Ah, <laughs> so your body." And then she like gets low. Do you know what I'm talking about? She like now looks around describing for a stool, it, yes. and then she pulls it. I know this is a great bit to do on a podcast because people know you're. See it. I mean, people. I can see it, and kind of just. <laughs> As someone with a podcast called Nicole's Grey's Anatomy, like, <laughs> f- like for sure it's good. <laughs> she does do that. Mm-hmm. Huh. What else am I missing? <laughs> say anything when she's doing that little stool grab. Yeah. Oh, there was a cliffhanger type thing with Bailey at the end of this last episode. And I'm just like, no, thanks. Pass. God, can't she pass. just be happy? Her this husband. might be a happy thing, but not for me. I don't like it. I don't like it. Mm. Yeah, Bailey. Bailey's actually kind of been more herself this season in that she's been like grumpy. I'm like, Good. yay, grumpy Bailey's back. But we'll see. Mm. I I wonder how many episodes. We're now four episodes into the season. I wonder how many episodes it will take for me to stop saying we'll see. <laughs> 20, 21. You'll say <laughs> Up it until the last forever. moment, me being like, mm-hmm. I'm holding my hopes up and out. Uh, I'm getting my hopes up, holding my hopes out. <laughs> oh, I'm, I'm having a stroke. <laughs> Do you smell toast? Yeah. Mm, that is the thing that I'm... I hope that if I do have a stroke, I do smell toast because that is what I do expect to happen when I do have my eventual stroke. Mm. Oh, God. The internet is forever. And if I do have a stroke and someone listens to this, it's going to actually be pretty sad. Anyway. I think about that a lot. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm. Anxiety to... spiraling now. Yeah. <laughs> Just a quick break. For We're sure. Okay. Spiral. Let's go to uh, Mixed Amy's intern. Mm-hmm. Mixed AKA intern. You. AKA me. Um... <laughs> Okay, so what made you want to do? I mean, obviously, it seems like mm-hmm. you had an early allegiance to Mark Sloan, but to what Mark made you Sloan, want to yes. do your episode on him? I was rewatching, and everyone just treats Mark like he has no feelings whatsoever. That is true. They are so mean to him. Yeah. The things they say and do. It's like because he doesn't have romantic relationships, they assume that he like has no feelings. It's like, no, yeah. he has – his feelings are actually, like, quite loud. Mm-hmm. I was just thinking about <coughs> how when he and Addison have that 60-day um, abstinence thing. Oh. And, and he lies and says that he had sex yes. because he thinks that she has feelings for Alex Krebs. And he's like, I don't – I, like, want – I know she thinks I'm this horn dog and, like, this whore. And so I'll just feed into her expectations yeah. so that she doesn't feel guilty. I know. It's just the worst thing about Mark Sloan. Mm-hmm. I'm ready. That I like the the thing that is just like absolutely bad, but is not presented as like unacceptable mm. is like when Addison gives him a day to grieve because he's mad that she got an abortion. Oh, yeah. That's the worst Mark Sloan thing. 
That was, yeah. It's so weird to think about because it actually doesn't really seem, well, that's actually not true. I was going to say it doesn't seem with Mark's personality, but actually when you think about him with his daughter, he does sort of get like unhinged. Yeah, he needs, I think he, he has this need to surround himself with family and people that he trusts and people he can take care of. Yes. Like ultimately- Mark, because he was an only child, because his parents were gone all the time, Mm -hmm. like he wants the kind of family that the shepherds have. And he thinks that if he has a baby, then he can finally have a consistent source of love in his life that can't really leave him. Every time that he, it's left up to his own devices, he feels like he's not adequate. He constantly feels like he needs some type of like presence Mm -hmm. a bar for him to rise to and he feels confident that he can do it but it's very hard for him on his own Mm -hmm. to like rise to rise to that occasion that like that no one is like requiring of him Mm. (sighs) but i love mark sloan he's such a cheerleader like he's a cheerleader for everyone that he loves he's a very loyal friend when he starts dating what is her name julia the eye surgeon Mm -hmm. lexi hits with the softball yeah in the boob yes (laughs) And he, like, any woman that he's dating, anyone that he's ever loved or just, like, respect, he's just, like, she's amazing. Have you seen what she can do? Like, her skills, yeah. truly, like, unparalleled. When uh, Erica Hahn comes in and, like, is just rejecting him left and right. Yeah. And she, like, absolutely hates him. And Mark is, like, she's sassy. Yeah. And she's got good hands. And God, she's fiery. But then he, like, connects with Christina because they both feel this weird, like, love and hate for Han. I just, uh, I just watched that. So it's fresh in my head. Uh, Yeah. I, I think it's a testament to how hot he is that his facial hair, which is objectively bad, Mm. doesn't read as a problem. That is a very good observation. I mean, it just like, isn't good. Like when you first meet him, it's not even that the facial hair is dated, though that is part of, like, that is what's mm. also happening. It's just, like, you look at him and you're like, how are you making this choice work? It's a thin beard mm. around the perimeter of his face. It's disgusting. That's not okay. I don't like it. But it somehow is fine. I think he has just, like, unbridled amounts of charisma. Yes, that's so true. And that's just what sells it. Like, that is why he even came back. Like, I'm pretty sure he was only supposed to be there for one episode, but women across America went crazy. Yes, people went cuckoo for him, and I bl- I don't blame them. And the other thing I was going to say, just before I forget, because a lot of times I'm like, oh, we'll talk about this later, and then I don't get to it, <laughs> and because I get obsessed with other things. I do have to say, I don't recall this happening with any other character, though it certainly is possible. But mm-hmm. the, today when I was, you know, pulling the clips that you had sent in the episode where he dies Mm. there is a like there's like a there's like a card after the you know sometimes there's a card that says like mark sloan and then has his birth and 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 death year dates like oh no 19 whatever to 2000 whatever i don't like that i was like you do that for when like a crew member dies yeah that's like or not so like with distressing. the years but you'll be like in memory of whatever and it like they like fully like 
Like when Christina leaves, you know, she mm-hmm. doesn't die. But like when Christina leaves, the the title card has like the tiles, like the montage, not t- not montage, um, collage mm-hmm. of like all of the Christina moments. And I'm like, okay, uh, okay. Mm-hmm. But it doesn't like after the episode is over, pretend that she, like yeah. that that was a moment for me where I was like, this speaks to how much people, I guess, love Mark Sloan, that like they felt like they were like, that would be the that's the right thing to do. It was a shock when he died. Yes. Like, oh yeah, because you don't think because he, you come back from season eight and you're like, okay, season nine. And like mm-hmm. he's on the ventilator, and then in the second episode they do kind of like the flashback thing, and you're like, oh, but once you see that he's in season nine, you're like, oh. Phew, at least we didn't lose Mark. And then he dies. It's awful. It's, and then Shonda, I, she said like, well, they're together in a way, Mark Ugh, and Lexi. And I was like, Shonda. not, in my opinion, true. In my opinion, actually quite false. <laughs> Just oh. patently, nope. Yeah, okay. We have many perfect clips to watch excited um we're just gonna take the quickest break for a bit of an ad and then we'll come right back okay we are back we're going to watch we're gonna watch clips about mark sloan uh okay so the first one i mean you you sent this one but it's it's the it's the obvious one it's when we first meet mark must have yes it's really so i mean what we're gonna do is there are like there are like a lot of elements to this. It's like mm. he, he, you see you you meet him not knowing who he is. You find out who he is, and then you see everyone's reaction to him. That's when the, he gets dubbed McSteamy. Right. So this is actually this could potentially be the longest run of consecutive scenes that we've ever watched <laughs> on on this podcast. But I think mm. it's actually genuinely like required watching for this. Required, so worth just, it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. No turning back, no judgments. Today is the day, now is the time. So, okay, this is this is the introduction to Mark Sloan. Invasive non-small cell with a history of COPD. Guy's pretty much a goner, huh? The facial hair. Sensitivity. <laughs> I like that in a stranger. Are you new here? Visiting. Confounded by all the rain and it's only my first day in town. You get used to it. Makes me want to stay in bed all day. We just met and already you're talking about bed. Not very subtle. Subtle's never been my strong suit. So, do you ever go out with coworkers? I um, make it a rule not to. That I am so glad that I don't work here. <laughs> Are you hitting on me in the hospital? Would that be wrong? Meredith. <laughs> George. George. <laughs> oh, God. What the hell was that? That was Mark. Season two, so we get a little bit of a jingle. Ooh, Not do you the remember song. the horrible theme song they used to have? Yup. Oh, God. Punching out people on my surgical floor. My head of neurosurgery punching out people on my surgical floor. Put the ice pack on your hand. My hand is fine. Put the damn ice on your $2 million a year hand. Now, would someone tell me what the hell happened? That was Mark. Who's Mark? 
Mickey and Derek used to work together back in New York. And um, they were, we were all close friends until Derek found us in bed together. You put your weight behind it? Yes, sir. Well, all right, then. What is this? <laughs> what the hell is he doing here? I have no idea. Derek and I always did have the same taste in women. Excuse me? You're Derek's lusty intern, right? Heard about you all the way back in New York. You're famous. <laughs> well, I heard about you all the way here in Seattle, so I guess we have a lot in common. We're the dirty mistresses. I suppose we are. My $400 an hour shrink says it. It's because behind this rugged and confident exterior, I'm self-destructive and self-loathing to an almost pathological degree. Hey, we do have a lot in common. It's very you know, it's funny. To me. <laughs> Der Derek walks in on me naked with his wife, actually in the throes. And he just turns around and walks away. But he sees me so much as talking to you. And I'm on the ground bleeding. Interesting, don't you think? What do you think you're doing? You need stitches. I know. Hold the mirror. Why is he suturing his own face? To turn me on? <laughs> this is Mark Sloan. He's like the go-to plastic surgeon on the East Coast. That's the guy I had sleeping with. You can't really blame her, can no, you? No, not really. Yes, you can. McSexy wants an x-ray to check for fractures, and I think it's a bad idea if I take him. Why? Why? I'm on it. Why is it a bad idea? McSexy? No. Mm. Mickey, I mean. No. no. McSteamy. Oh, there it is. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Divine Don't naming like right there. Choking back some McVomit. Such a good... Mm, I forgot how good. openly bitter George was, which I know is not supposed to be my takeaway from that. No, I mean, but... it's definitely a takeaway. It's very funny when he, when Sloan is flirting with with Meredith and mm -hmm. it like cuts to like a slack jawed <laughs> dead eyed George watching from behind a window being like, duh, why <laughs> do he talk to my lady? Word. <laughs> yeah. But it still, it still doesn't poison the moment. No. <laughs> it, yeah. It's such a good introduction to a character and it like it, it really, sh I mean, it's, you know, it tells you everything. It like, it tells yes. you it's so weird to like see I, uh, how every single person feels about him in like a you know a few minutes, and we mm -hmm. know how he's different from the doctors that we already see, and that uh, the stitching up his own hot. face is just I know, like, I know. It's like by the mm. time that Owen is stapling his own leg, it's like, well, this is canon. This is what Christina likes. She just likes yeah. to see men like 
hurt themselves. Like that is the height of medical prowess for her. It's like when Harper Avery was like, I'm going to be awake during my surgery. I watched that episode very recently. And I was like, that is a, that's insane. Yeah. He's every time I watch it, I'm like, Oh yeah, they don't let him do that. And they're like, Nope, they, they do. (laughs) Yeah. I love that. They made his character such a douche in the beginning that when it, when they added a plot line later where he was just like sexually harassing all these women, it was like, yeah. Okay. I'll buy that. He was really awful the last yeah. time he was here. Yeah, when he was alive, he did suck. Mm. <laughs> so that checks out for me. Yeah. Oh. Hmm. Mark Sloan. The facial hair. The, the, the boxy leather jacket. I also, his weight fluctuates so much yeah. during the show that I want to be like, Eric Dane, are you okay? I know. It's reminiscent of uh, a little Matthew Perry and Friends where you're like, is yes. there something? Mm. Not not implying there's a drug issue. Just like, is there like a, there's mm. a, is there th- something that we can point to? Eric because Dane, seems- if you're listening to this, we are not implying that. No, but Eric Dane, no. if you are listening to this, please come on this podcast and talk please. more about your willingness to show your dick on Euphoria. <laughs> That's... But also talk about Grays, but also but I would love specifically to cover that. too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, mm-hmm. no cast a wide net. Okay, that's the first scene, the introduction to the show. Um, the next scene that we have chronologically is one of mine, which I actually okay. think just thematically works well with what we just saw. Mm-hmm. So it's the episode uh, in season five where Derek tells Mark to flirt with Christina. Oh my God. Because he's like, <laughs> he's like, as a favor to me, can you like kind of keep Christina occupied by like getting her to like sleep with you? I like that would be happened. helpful to me, mm-hmm. which is like crazy. But throughout the entire episode, there's kind of like this runner where he's like flirting with her and she just is completely oblivious and like <laughs> honestly kind of curt with him. It's not, it's not good. Mm. And then it culminates in a moment uh, towards the end of the episode where he tells her, like, this is what I've been doing. And it's just it's a great it's a great moment all around. So this is this is that scene. Dr. Yang, I'll need you to uh, bring me the post-op report on beating victim before you leave tonight. I'm sorry. I'm sorry to say something. Yang, what is wrong with you? Sir? I've had women opt for needless elective buttock enhancement surgery just for another chance to be flirted with by me. So what's your deal? I have no idea what you're talking about. (laughs) I've been hitting on you all day. (laughs) Oh, really? Oh. It was a stupid idea. It wasn't even my idea. It was Shepard's idea. Ah, oh, come on. That woman is not a single malt scotch, my friend. She is bad, cheap wine that gives you a headache you can feel in your teeth. Oh, wow. Okay, I'm feeling a lot of conflicted feelings right now. Such as? Oh, my. Okay, so uh, I, my friend, I'll drop her full name, Alyssa May Gold. She has this birth chart game with... Grey's Anatomy, where she thinks that everybody has signs. So she says that I am a Christina Sun with a Meredith Moon and a Mark Sloan rising. Wow. And I, seeing that scene of two people that I love so much, just like, 
<laughs> just inadvertently, just like Do you hurting yourself? each other in a weird way. I was like, oh God. That's the me. civil war inside my That's me. <laughs> wow. Oh. Friendship is a soul split into two bodies. And also that is me split into two bodies. Yes. Um, yes. I the look that Christina gives where she kind of goes, mm, uh-uh, <laughs> is like such a good uh, when perfect she, performance. She just mm-mm. Mm-mm. Yeah. And then that her laugh gets harder as she walks away. Yeah. Oh, so good. Uh, unfortunately, that's that's also the episode where then Owen they have the conversation about why she does it and why she wins all the contests, and he go, and she leaves the room and he goes single malt scotch. Ugh, God, it's Owen. fine. I'm over it. This is a this is a good happy space today. Yeah, I was about let's to say this not is dwell a in space. Owen. We can't upsetting. We can't. We can't. I yeah. I don't know how much I relate to Mark, but I definitely. I aspirationally mm. relate to Christina in that moment of like, God, I would love to have that type of power in a situation. I would love would to reject so a man that beautiful for sure. Yeah. And just like a man who I would love to, I would love to genuinely like not pick up on that. Well, like I that's, like that's what's powerful about it to me. She's like, no, she's doing other things. She just doesn't, she's not looking for it. So she doesn't care. That happens to me, but not because I'm not looking for it, just because I'm truly so just ignorant about it and you <laughs> saw counts. that picture of what I looked I looked like that for probably just years until I was like 18 okay I hate to break so, it to you but you were adorable in that photo oh no 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 <laughs> you are to tell me I look good cute. in that photo is to insult my glow up you know like I feel like I have oh my gosh up. but she's fine she's cute whatever <laughs> she like uh, anyway I like do not pick up on half of the not even half, like 75% of the flirting that happens with me until someone tells me it happened or like two weeks later, I will reanalyze it and I'll go, oh, wait, what? Was he? Oh, That's amazing. The only thing I can really think of that's like that for me is when I went on a date in college, but I didn't realize that it was a date until like real, I mean like a long time after the date. Oh, like the yeah. whole, mm-hmm. I got asked if I wanted to go to a museum and I assumed it was with a group. And then when I got to the train, it was just the two of us. And I was like, oh, I guess other people couldn't go. And then yeah. we like went to a museum and then we went to dinner afterwards because <laughs> we were hungry. And then we got home. And then like five days later, I was like, oh my God, I think that was always supposed to be a date. Yeah. Ooh, no. Oof. Yeah. <laughs> I was I was doing really well when I was 18 or 19 and I continued to just thrive. Mm, um, ditto. Yeah. Uh, feels incredible. <laughs> okay. But you know what I've never done? What? Take off my clothes and beg someone to teach me. Oh. And that's no. what's next. And you know what? You asked mm, for this today. I did because you sent your list and then you updated your list saying, Can we actually <laughs> talk about the teach me moment? And I was like, mm-hmm. I don't think we can avoid it. I think it's something that needs to be addressed. So I'm wondering, like, who are the people, if you're listening to this and you're like, I actually have no conflicted feelings. It's not like I feel conflicted, but I love the teach me moment. If you're Mm. just like the teach me moment, I love it. There's no part of me that, that gets, that feels a little squiggly about it. Who are those people? Talk to me. I'd love to reach out. Yeah. Reach out. Yeah. Uh, Because, you know, 
I'll, I'll save this for after the clip. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I think it's possible that we even played this clip when Anna Barishnikov was here and we were talking about Lexi. Mm. It's possible that this actually is a repeat. Sorry if I'm it's not, a repeat, folks. Well, you know what? If you've heard it once, I think you can. <laughs> I think it must be the hardest to watch this the first time. Power through. Yeah. Power through. Um, okay. Mm. Not, I mean. You know, nothing else. Nothing else I need to say. Here we go. I'm just not there in the trees. The music. Oh. You made her speak. Mrs. Patterson, she said hi. She spoke. You, you made her speak. The turtleneck makes it worse. Yeah. I respect you. As a man, as a surgeon, as a teacher, I respect you. So, teach me. What do you do? Don't do that. Stop. Teach me. Stop. Teach me. We can't do this. You're a little gray. And, and, and I promised. And I'm your teacher. So, teach me. <laughs> teach me. Teach me. Am I really so bad? No. In the streets. I am. I'm just in the streets. It's it's tough. And also there are a lot of things that are I focus on in that clip that are like beside the point. Like, I want to the hear camisole. Them. Oh, the camisole. The cami. <laughs> cami. Is the oh, one. when the she cami. takes oh. off the turt the turtleneck sweater, which goes uh, which is in underneath there with. On top, underneath the camisole, and then there's a bra. All of it's purple, I think. It's the bra is bright red for some reason. Oh, it is. And Great. we like don't we see the walk. straps of it until we come back to her. And so right. I'm like, okay, yeah. Come like, on. Did I not just notice yet? Yeah, okay, that's from later. No, she fully had a cami. <sighs> She's on. a cami. She's also, in middle her school. Her hair looks so shiny in that. Yeah, like, like props to her. Just watching like her hair, like you know, mm-hmm. when I take off a turtleneck, <laughs> does my hair look like it's in a Pantene commercial? No. <laughs> But we got a little bit of a different situation in this. Yeah, I mean, I actually, I if you have anything to say about the clip, I invite I it because just, I actually kind um, of cease to like process information. It's, it's for me at least. You know, I mentioned earlier that every time I rewatch, I form different opinions. Yeah, I look back and I'm like, wow, okay, I'm interpreting that differently. I never, since the time I saw this as a child, like when I was probably 12 years old, I have had the same reaction, which is cringing. <laughs> heavily i know just never thinking are you supposed to think it's hot when he's like no i am because i can see how out of context it is but in context like hard pass yeah none of it is hot to me none of it is sexy i think it's i feel sad for her when she does it yeah and i feel weird about the fact that this grown-ass man these two grown-ass men are trying to control the body of Lexi Gray, yeah, and how they have this weird. Yeah, everyone just has opinions. And I don't rules like about it who at she can sleep all. with. Uh-huh. Yeah. And I will never get over the fact that it's a turtleneck with a cami underneath. <laughs> like I just will never it's get a little over itchy, that. But just on her tummy. <laughs> oh, it's just so. It's just, it, it troubles me. I totally understand. Oh, 
I think we're just moving chrono, so maybe I'll do the next one. Okay, so Mm. the next one I chose is, you know, we talked about this a little bit, but, like, Mark is just, like, a really good friend. Mm. And I think that something they just do really well with Mark is kind of, like, layer his personality and his values that, like, even though he is sort of, like, flippant with his sexual relationships, he is, like, very intensely loyal to his friends, and he... He has, like, a set of values that does drive him. Right. In the episode where Callie tells her dad that she's dating Arizona, this, like, crazy thing happens, which is, like, Callie's dad decides to, like, take over her life and, like, force her to quit her job and force her to move. And, like, it's very bizarre because it's, like, you're – no no one could – do that. Like, like he how takes co- away her trust fund, but I'm right. also like, have you just not been making any money? Right. Like she's, yeah, she's a certain, she's, yeah. I mean, th- for sure. Like logistically, like as far as her money goes, that's confusing, but it's also like, I don't understand the implication that's possible for someone to come into an adult child's life and like force them to quit their job I or quit their job on their behalf. It might be a cultural thing. I think it it truly just might be cultural. Like, I, I don't know. It seems like she comes from like a like. I can't no, personally I mean, like, the relate, way that she but, says it is like she's not saying like it's binding. She's saying like right. I owe it to my father. Like my because father he's is, given her everything. Right. And, like I do understand that element of mm-hmm. it. It's just like it's hard to that. It's it's hard to imagine what you would say to someone who said that of like no you don't have to do yeah that. no I think which you is would what, say exactly what Mark that. says but like yeah it, it we'll we'll watch the scene but mm-hmm. I will say like the setup to it is like it's a it's a tall ask it's tall yes. order because she's basically like spiraling over the fact that like she feels like she has to do something that's not yeah. relatable like it is not relatable to me that like someone would be like, my parent is coming in and is like taking me away. She's from like a very Catholic family. She's from a Latino family. And so I think those two elements are just like seizing her with the like familial guilt. And then the Catholic guilt comes in there and just seizes her. Yes. And Arizona is struggling. And so she calls Mark Mm. and okay. So we'll just watch the scene. Here it is. You're her best friend, and I'm at a giant loss right now, not to mention the very sick children. Go, I got this. Hey, stop speaking Spanish, because I have to go to surgery in a minute, and I don't speak Spanish. My dad is taking me home. He's talking to the chief, and he's making me quit my job and quit my relationship, which he has yet to acknowledge even exists. What are you, 12? Tell him he's crazy. You don't understand. There isn't anything he hasn't done for me, okay? Nothing. He's paid for my college. He's paid for med school. I have a huge trust fund because he doesn't want me to worry about anything but being a great doctor. I mean, the man has done nothing but support me his whole life. (laughs) Supporting someone and respecting someone aren't the same thing. You need to tell him that. Mark. Great scene. Uh, his, he has some great one-liners. Yeah, and it's just like his style. Like anyone mm-hmm. else who says like, stop speaking Spanish. It's like, that would be a red flag. <laughs> Sir. <laughs> S- 
sir. Sir, please. <laughs> and then he immediately follows with it. Because I don't speak Spanish and I want to help you and yeah. I got to go in a second. Exactly. And you're like, oh, yeah, it's Mark. Like, he doesn't know how to not start a sentence like that, which is a problem. But he kind <laughs> of like self-corrects in a way where you're mm-hmm. like, OK, you're not the enemy. Yeah, I just love that scene and I chose it because I think that it's a really good example of like how as a friend he kind of has like a certain like utility to him. Like the fact that Arizona like calls him in and being like mm-hmm. a sure bet is a testament to how how well he is able to like handle crises yes. with his friends. When he has those close friends, when he has those deep connections, mm-hmm. he feels it so intensely. It reminds me of the most romantic scene that's ever been on television, which is the chicken pox scene. Yeah. Where Callie has chicken pox and she can't chicken. itch and he gets into the bed with her and uses his body to Yeah. Mm. He like yeah, he uses like his forearms to itch for her. Uh I love when Callie says Take off my gauze paws. That's like a really good <laughs> line delivery for me that came into my mind immediately. Take off my gauze paws. Um, I love how Arizona is embarrassing. Her like crazy. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. I know. And she lies about it. Oh, that's a, just a great plot line in general. Mm. Um, Okie dokie. This is, this is another <coughs> two scenes in one episode. This is what you were describing earlier. The, the first with Callie changing in in the hallway and then later with Callie. Uh, oh, the crazy monologue. Yes. Oh, yes. And I also just have to say before we start and before we watch the second part. I think the writing on the show is perfect. and I have no notes. However, <laughs> the fact that Mark needs Callie to get him his shampoo, which is outside the shower. I just have some questions about why. <laughs> just nonsensical. It could have been anything else. A comb. A comb. My loofah. A loofah. Give me my paper. New bar of soap. <laughs> the shampoo, however, that has a home and it's in the shower. Deeply troubling. Yeah, so I just kind of want to preempt that by saying, Why? You know what? We've flagged it and now we're all looking for it. And when we hear it, we'll know it's wrong. Yeah. And now, you know, we can have takeaways about the scene mm-hmm. that are completely unrelated. Um, okay. It's and amazing it, to me that the fog on the show always goes up just high enough to cover people's private parts. Yep. In the shower. That's amazing. The the most astounding moment of steam in the entire <laughs> show is when Derek goes to like have a sad moment mm-hmm. with Addison in the hotel room when their marriage has ended and she and then he comes out from the shower and I mean like steam it's not possible for steam to accumulate and billow in the way that it does in that scene it's like <laughs> it's like even like cartoons they would be like okay I think that's actually a little bit too much steam <laughs> it's also the way he's holding the towel is just so it's literally like it makes pinching in the corner yeah. like we can see like all of the side yes thing. just barely over his penis just all out there yeah absolutely okay so in this in this okay so this is beginning of season six okay um Callie is having 
a really horrible time because George has died and she's Mm -hmm. mourning. And when Mark is comforting her in his moment of mourning, he's looking around at the building and he's like, this is a pretty nice building and decides to move in across the hallway. Oh, yeah. He like leans over to the construction workers and he's like, hey, this place open? Yeah. (laughs) It's totally surprising. But like, I mean, for the show, not for Mark. Mm -hmm. Anyway. Okay. Here we go. Want a drawer? No. How about a toothbrush, change your panties. No. Damn, I like your panties. Ugh. I am yep. trying to focus. Like I'm, I'm becoming a resident today. I need to focus. I'm right across the street from the hospital. If you crash here, sometimes you get to jump on a lot of surgery. Okay, okay. Which one? It's my first day at Mercy West, and I want to look nice. You know, serious, talented, hardcore. Not someone we push around. Nice, but hot, like me. That one. Really? I thought this one. Mm-mm, too hot. Better for a date, that one. Okay. Here. Yeah. Thanks. Mm. Okay. Okay. Less hot? Less hot. Okay. Okay. Good. Thanks. Wish me luck. Or not luck, because. I'm all talented and hardcore. You're an attending, Torres. Go kick some ass. <laughs> so, um, did you forget to mention that your hot, hardcore ex-sex friend lives right across the hall? Did I? Yeah. Yeah, you did. Okay, so that's part one. All- Love that. Another thing I'm distracted by is obviously the listeners can't know this just by listening but that they are very clearly hiding a pregnancy yes for the actress that plays Lexi Mm -hmm. and she just is holding this huge plant in front of her stomach yep you know Mark Sloan someone who clearly just when he's moving in has this random bring his own plants from his previous apartment that are alive Mm -hmm. of course Mm. don't Mm. notice it at all yeah oh I love I love the hiding of pregnancy on the show. It's <laughs> always so obvious. You're like, why is this person always standing behind a couch? Why are they well, standing behind a couch? Why does their face look glowing but like wider? Yeah. And they seem more emotional in scenes. <laughs> okay. So uh, later in this very same episode, here we go. Oh, hey, is uh, Mark around? He's in the shower. Oh, thanks. Hey, have you heard anything about what's happening with the chief? There's all these rumors floating around Mercy West like he might be coming to work for us. That would not go well for me. I haven't heard anything. I'll check with Derek again. Thanks. Can you hand me the shampoo? <laughs> Thank you. Mm-hmm. Are you really gay? Like, how gay are you on a scale of of one to gay? Because that's my boyfriend in in, in the shower, my hot, hot, naked boyfriend. And how gay are you? (laughs) I'm sorry. I've known Mark a while, but I'll I'll try not to do that again, the naked in the shower thing. Or or the you half naked in the hallway thing, because because even if you really are gay, he's not, and and you're hot. 
he doesn't look at my boobs anymore. The first thing he used to look at when I walked in anywhere was my boobs. He doesn't look anymore. Not since he met you. Okay. Such a tender moment. I would like to call the police, so though. Sorry. Our producer, Megan, is like actually losing it. And that is how I know that she's a good person. It, it speaks so much to how they view his character that that is supposed to be Her endearing. jaw is dropped and she's like holding like her cheeks like Home Alone style. And I she's like, why is this happening? it started when Lexi repeatedly said... How, How gay, gay are, are you? you? One to gay. How are you? Right now, tell me, uh, rate yourself. Yeah. Because, oh, you know, God. that's that's the spectrum. Yep. It is fully, what it was it, 2009, 2010 on this show? Yeah. Yeah. Ooh. I mean, I don't know. Any thoughts on why you want to uh, talk about this I uh, just, banger the sheer of a scene. ridiculousness of it. I remember when I was, like, younger thinking, that's so sweet. Well, he doesn't look at her boobs. Well, no eyes for anyone. Else. It, like it just—it did not click in my head how crazy that I, was. I do have to say that, like, there are all kinds of like sexual attraction and mm-hmm. masculinity, and but I have, but no men who I have ever like known have had like the. The obs- like the way that that is just portrayed of like men who like every time they see a boob like no matter how much of the boob they're just like auga like that is not something that I think is real it's not and it, it like might be and I might just be like outing myself as someone who like <laughs> only has like slept with people who like actually aren't that into me but it's just like <gasps> at a certain point I just think at a certain point like a boob is just like a boob like I like they've been together so many times yeah, at this point that like like, like so mm. like I just think like. I, I it's just I don't I I just like the idea that like just like an adult like professional man who like also is a plastic surgeon sees boobs professionally like constantly I just like <laughs> it's so there's just true. like something so funny to me about like the I like I guess that like just might Wouldn't be they, like a way of life that like of of like a type of person that I don't know so but it doesn't wild. seem real to me like the fact that that would comfort Lexi the fact right. that she's learning in that moment not only was Mark the type of person who whenever he walked in a room would stare directly at the boobs of yes. a woman but oh he's not like that anymore so you should feel so uh, you should reassured. feel assured yeah I don't oh, know God. I just am like if I were it's just I just, I, I just, I don't know. I think I I've just, already said what I need to say and I, I don't remember, need to just kind of keep going. But like, I, when I'm, well, now what? at my age, when I'm watching this, I'm like, I don't like that for Mark. And I think that's why I wanted to talk about it. Cause I'm like, do we like that for Mark? I don't, I don't yeah. feel like that makes sense. It's hard though, because I'm like, it's so different watching a show that mm. is created by women and mostly written by women and mm. having that character exist than when it's like, like in most network TV, it's created by men. And when right. there are like total horn dog characters and like moments of like jealousy and seduction and things like that, there is a different gaze. And there is like, mm-hmm. like, and this is already a show that kind of has this overt commitment to like 
male eye candy and that like mm. characters like McDreamy and McSteamy are kind of like overly sexualized right. in a way that is not even just traditional like eye candy too. And that like it's their talent and like they're all they're all these people mm-hmm. who like are attractive to the people on the show, not just because they're hot, but because they like they're have super this, talented. Yes, there's like this prowess. They're like the best of their whatever that they do. Right. And so it's hard because it's like I think that that scene is embarrassing and I think that the implications of it are like actually unhinged Mm -hmm. but it's different when it's like mark sloan is a character created by a woman totally initially designed to like fulfill a certain type of like female gaze based need and then he like bloomed into something different Mm -hmm. and sometimes i think that like because of the origin of the character, like some of those moments are like incompatible with then like the deeper person that we see him to be. But at the same time, it's like, I guess that there is a certain like center of the universe-ness that Mark has that is not always attractive, that is expressed in a lot of different ways. Like Mm -hmm. everyone learning to just like kind of deal with whether or not he's like looking at boobs or sleeping with nurses so much so that it causes a work strike at their at the hospital like things like that like everyone just kind of like shrugging off the ripples of like his actions is like that isn't that dissimilar from him then like eventually causing Lexi to end their relationship because he doesn't ask her permission for like his like adult daughter to move in with her newborn baby and things Mm. like that. Like he does have a certain self-centered. He just does what he wants. But it's, but it's interesting, like what is checked and what isn't checked by the people around him. Like you would think that Callie would, and at times she does say like, stop staring at my boobs. But like, it is mm-hmm. it is so weird for that to be packaged as this like tender moment because it really feels yeah. inappropriate and like <laughs> and like not like not fun. That's not like a fun moment in the way that maybe it's supposed to be. No, and, and I, I don't know if it ever was. When I was young and naive and I just heard it. Like right. I think that was the only time where I was like that's fun. Yeah. Because that's what I once again thought adult friendship was. I was like, yeah, I'll just like walk in while they're in the shower. We'll be so cool with each other. Right. Like no. But I do have to say, like, why is this this standard exist where, where like she goes into the shower and like sees his dick and she's not like, oh, but then like we know that like that's what men do for boobs, except for not only not when you're in love with just one boob. I just I like think it's one just because the boobs attached to them. At least in my opinion, like, I don't know if people are often that excited to see a penis. For sure. But I, I also just have to say, like, where are I I just I don't know. We're I feel on the same page on this. I, I just don't. It doesn't read for me. <laughs> it doesn't read for me. This like thing that like it even that I'm supposed to believe that it even exists in the first place. I think it's a really mm-hmm. weird stereotype. And I don't know. I'm sure it's based on something. I'm sure that there are guys <laughs> who just are like hubba hubba. I mean, otherwise, you know, Hooters wouldn't even exist. But mm. you got to I just am asking some questions that make me feel vulnerable. But I think that they're really legitimate questions. They are. Oh, wow. It reminds me of this whole thing just reminds me of Bailey's speech where she gets all the nurses together and she's like, 
this man is a whore. He's you always, knew he yeah. was a whore. He's always been a whore. He'll always be a whore. Why are you expecting something else from him? He is a whore. You yeah. knew what you signed up for. That's also a really that complex rhymed. moment because it's like they can expect that he's going to treat them with respect. respect. <laughs> yeah. And like not like cheat on ugh, mm-hmm. I don't know there are some complicated mark moments this show has been on for so long that the more you go back and rewatch you're like oh we were still talking about things like that yes. back then and that feels like and then like in certain ways it like does feel sort of not progressive but like conscious in some way like that speech yeah. isn't like completely devoid from reality I don't know. On the progressive note, Mark Sloan was always very progressive, I will say. Like, he was advocating for his trans patients' rights. Yes. He was. I mean, I would say, honestly, like, with the... He seems to have uh, an uncomplicated view of consent. Mm -hmm. Like, that seems to be very, like... uh, well-developed and not problematic to my knowledge. Honestly, the abortion thing is the only thing (coughs) that like has ever stuck out to me just completely overtly as something where I'm like, buddy, you don't, I need to go back and rewatch because the way that I remember it, it was like he would have been okay with it. It was that Addison like yelled at him and was like, I didn't want your baby. And then he was sad about it. I don't remember. I don't know. I also need to rewatch. What I just remember is that like he's mad and needs space because he's upset that she got an abortion mm. and maybe didn't ask his opinion. I can't remember. Ugh. Well, well that speaking, of people, speaking of people kind of telling Mark off, you mm-hmm. had this really great scene where Mark is like being really, really awful to Karev because Karev and Lexi slept together. Right. And they're like a, a thing now. Yes. Mm-hmm. They're like a thing. And so, and Callie like tells Mark to get his shit together because he, he just is like berating Karev constantly. Mm. But he's also lashing out at a bunch of people. Um, and I had kind of forgotten about this scene, but it's really good. Okay, here we go. After so long good timing, Dr. Karev and I are pretty much done. What the hell are you looking at? Nothing. I was just... Get out of my OR, correct? Mark, you're way out of line here. It's fine, I'll go. He's got serial killer eyes, so I'm almost done here anyway. You sure? Yeah. That is enough. Okay. It's funny. Did you see the guy's no, face? It is sad and pathetic. Okay, and you have a choice here. Sloan and her baby leaving you can either be the worst or the best thing that happened to you. You can grow up, find a woman to love, and have a baby. Or you can be the ass attending who abuses the residents and screws whatever walks into this hospital. So just pick one. Drape the ear, please. Good moment. And just so, so true. Yes. Like Mark is capable of so much. Yeah. And when he gets scared or he's angry, he just reverts to this like horrible, like horny weird man phase yeah. but he's capable of like so much love and so much loyalty 
And it, oh my God, the way that he takes in Jackson, like yeah. as it goes on, the plastics posse. posse. Uh, and I just, I think that Mark and Callie in their best moments truly like support and push each other. Yeah. Which I've always loved. No, they're really good. They're really good friends. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay, I have one more clip that is just like rom-com lizard brain just like absolutely dies for it. Okay. <laughs> I'm like, I'm like a, I'm a Lexi, I'm a Lexi Sloan. Like, I like, really? I like them together. I was always... I never had an opinion on it, which I yeah. thought was weird. I like wasn't. I was sad for Lexi when they broke up because I did think that Mark was like unfair to her. Mm. But I also was like, this is probably fine. But then when they died and they were still in love with each other, I was like, this is sad. But when she is with Jackson, um, no, he she's with Karev at this point. Okay. She's with Karev and when uh, Sloan tells her that he still loves her, this is a really good scene for me, I have to say. Um, I'm not going to set it up anymore. We're just going right. to watch it. Lex. I'm still in love with you. I tried not to be, but it didn't work. And Sloan's gone. There's no baby, and I don't want to sleep around. I want another chance. I'm in love with you. Kravit. He's... Mark, I, I have a boyfriend. I know. I'm saying you can have a husband. Maybe the more we try and so will ourselves. that's actually amazing for me. I, I love it. I love that you love that. It's like, I don't... If someone said that to me, I would be like, fuck off. <laughs> <laughs> but for some reason, watching it happen to someone else, I'm like, well, that's love. I'm, I mean, the thing about Lexi and Mark is like, the timing really is the problem. Like, mm-hmm. it is bad. Like, the, it's, it's not the entire problem. Right. Like, the way that he deals with stuff with his daughter is like unfair to Lexi and it's just oh not a good God. fit and they aren't compatible. He's just erratic with that as well. Right. And there's also like the moment, I can't remember exactly where in the timeline this falls, but there's also the moment where like when he's talking about moving in and getting married and all this stuff and she kind of like explains that she in her mind is not going to do any of those things until she's done with her residency and she's counting and it's like eight years or something in the future and he's like, wait, what? That... I'm like ready Ugh. now. Like I have already been through all of that. And like the age difference suddenly kind of becomes this yeah. thing. And so there's sort of like an incompatibility of like where they are at that time in like in their lives and in their careers. But it, it also is like they just don't seem to be. And also the way he comes back to her in the scene. I just it, it, when he presents it as like. Sloan is gone. The baby's gone. It's so clear that he's right. so broken. But he's also like, and the reasons why we weren't together yes. aren't really a factor anymore. So, But I think it's just that combined with the fact that like he looks so devastated that I was yeah. always like, I wouldn't be able to tell if he was 
like coming to me because he was in such such a dark place or if if it's because he really really wants to do this yeah uh, my Mark. friend alex who i think i've mentioned on the show before he his his uh fiance lauren who is a, a part of the gray's family she's mm. She's that he's watching for the first time and he texts me, <laughs> which is my favorite thing. I love when my friends are watching Grace for the first time. Uh, but, but Alex, we call him Lebo. Lebo is like the most um, diligent and loyal friend to okay. update me. And these are the texts that I just got from him. All caps. <laughs> Gray dropped the kidney. The episode is still going on, but she dropped the domino kidney. And then 13 minutes have passed. And then it's, he says, hot <laughs> army doc is back. <laughs> oh, I'm honey. gonna need to have a word with him about the phrase "hot army doc," but absolutely, oh, uh, honey, you are in for it. Yeah, I'm like he's back, and bitch, he ain't leaving. Oh, he will <laughs> no never matter leave. How, <laughs> no matter how much you want him to leave, he's still here. Oh my god, uh, oh, please! It just got just, to a point where his relationship with Christina, I was like, let her go, just let her go. Yes, my god. Uh, <sighs> but I just oh my gosh I would just wish I could watch it again for the first time I know it's so, so bad magical lobotomize me and let me do it again <laughs> lobotomy goes Ugh, if I get a lobotomy in the future this is going to be so sad to listen to <laughs> <laughs> I always worry about oh. that oof okay last scene last scene and you know what it is oh no it's it's his surge oh. Mark's surge you requested this scene, which who could blame you? Because it's really nice, but it's when he talks with Jackson during his surge and kind of imparts these like final words of wisdom to him, mm. which is a lot. Anyway, I don't know. Is there anything else that you want to say to set it up? It's just that, you know, everyone knows that he's surging at this point, I think. And they're all sort of worried because yes. some people think it's a surge, some people don't. And one of the symptoms Jackson of a surge. Is like, it's not a surge. Yeah. But Jackson doesn't think so. But we, the audience, sort of start to suspect it because they told us earlier in the episode that one of the things they do is like spout out all this advice. Yes. Like, yeah. Mm -hmm. And so it's like as it's going on, you know. Ugh. Okay. Okay. Here we go. Here we go. Uh, the facial lack. Uh, oh, I had a consult this morning. Breast augmentation. B to D. Did you tell her her breasts were beautiful the way they are? No, I still think that's weird. Well, I know you do, but you're wrong. <laughs> you tell her she's beautiful just the way she is, and if she believes you, you save someone unnecessary surgical procedure. And that is definitely not how I talk to a patient. No, but it's how you talk to a woman, Avery. We're in the business of making people feel better about themselves. Again, sometimes when you talk, I feel like a male prostitute. She's a person on the precipice of change, Avery. She's scared and she's worried. Mm. God, the things we worry about, so pointless. And we get to help take that worry away. It's why we're doctors. It's actually why we're people. But somehow we forget that all that matters is people. And whether we walk away leaving them better or worse for having met us. We control that, Avery. I want you to promise me something. If you love someone, you tell them. Even if you're scared that it's not the right thing, even if you're scared that it'll cause problems, even if you're scared that it will burn your life to the ground, you say it and you say it loud. And then you go from there. 
Hey, where's my kid? I want to see Sophia. Avery, why don't you run up to daycare and bring her down here? I can't bring a baby in the ICU. No, but you can sneak one in. Come on, Avery, grow a pair. You know what? Forget it. I'll do it. Oh, no, no, no. All right, I'll get her. I'll get her. Yes. Mommy! <sighs> and I think during that scene, Jackson, it like slowly starts to dawn on yeah, him. Yeah, like, oh, this is happening. And if I remember correctly, like when he's bringing the baby back, Mark is fully yeah, like dying. In. Yeah, it's really sad. Oh, oh, Mark. It's nice that Mark gets like his own separate death from the crash, but it is tough to watch. I was surprised because they do the episode where he dies First, first, right? And, and then, then they, they do a second episode. Yeah, because the reveal at the end of the first episode of season nine is that Arizona is alive and her leg has been amputated. Can and we, then they go back. Yeah. I This is a side note. Can we talk about the fact that after, like, for a couple seasons, it's, like, about Arizona and her leg. Yeah. And she walks like someone who has a prosthetic leg. Yeah. And then seasons after that, they just stopped. No, nope, they stopped. They just stopped attempting. Yeah. Nope. There's to, no. She runs. Yeah. It, in a way that's like she that's like spins legs. just goes around and I'm yeah, like they just take away her wheelie shoes and I'm like that's like, not enough for me to believe it it's fine yeah. I don't need you know it's fine but I want her to commit to it like if we're gonna have uh, an able-bodied actor play someone who is missing a leg I'm like at least commit fully yep the whole time absolutely I feel that I feel that <coughs> Although I love Jessica Capshaw and I love Arizona Robin. So that's just my personal opinion. Um, Oh my gosh. I can't believe we finished all the clips. We we did. It felt like we had so many to watch and then we did it. And here we are on the other side. We made it through. How are you feeling about Mark Sloan? You know, I'm realizing that my attachment to him is just that childhood crush extended. That's legitimate. Yeah, so it's it's I have this space in my heart for Mark, mm-hmm. but there are characters now that I like love far more than him. Yeah, he will always be like my first. You will always crush. be McSteamy's in uh, turn. I will always be McSteamy's. <laughs> I gotta find that shirt. I have a deep fear that my dad used to do this thing where he'd steal shirts that he thought I wasn't using anymore out of my drawers, uh-huh. and he would just use them to shine his shoes. And I'd be looking for a shirt and I'd walk in. That seems like prime. And I feel like he stole McSteamy's intern. God, I want to wear it now. I mean, I'm going to tweet out the picture of the shirt (laughs) when I share this episode. There's just no doubt. There's just no doubt. And everyone who's listening to this who found it through Twitter is going to have already seen the shirt, which feels really right for me. Um, Okay. The only thing that's left to do is a Shondalog. Are you down for a Shondalog? I'm down for a Shondalog. Okay, so we yeah we we heard a Shondalog. His final his final like surge monologue was kind of a Shondalog. We we heard some we heard some Shondies. It's like you throw in a couple random phrases, yeah, absolutely, and then like a problem you're currently going through, yep. and then like some fluff, right? Yeah, there are no rules, but you know sometimes sometimes one sentence can kind of be your north star if you start getting a little lost you just return to a sentence you've already said right, and right. then you're back on track okay um all, all right. right would you like to kick us off or would you like me to do that 
Oh, you go first. Okay. <laughs> happily, happily. <laughs> I always start getting very stressed right before I do it, and then it ends up being fine because it doesn't matter. Okay. Hmm. What is this going to be like? Okay. Uh, hopefully this song is right, and I'll just and check let the it vibes. Go how it goes. Okay, this is, I can do this. Mm-hmm. When I was a little kid, I always thought that I was going to get to live in space. <laughs> I thought that it was like five or ten years off and everyone would get to have two homes. One on Earth where there were pools and trees and then one just floating. You would go on vacation and see other planets and hold moon rocks and discover your own stars. And there's still a part of me that thinks that that's going to happen. And that same part of my brain is the brain that thinks that you're going to change. That's the part of my brain that thinks that you're not going to hurt me again and I'm not going to think about all the reasons why I shouldn't trust you and that we're just going to be able to move on. But I don't have a house in space and I can't trust you. And no matter how many times I keep coming back to you thinking that this time is going to be different, I just... I live here on Earth. And as much as I would like to be able to leave whenever I want and just float and forget about all the ways that you have taken advantage of my trust, I can't do that. So I'm going to try to crush that dream because it's a childish expectation to think that you won't do this again. And so this is really goodbye. Hmm. <laughs> Another perfect Shondalog. Yeah. It's just, they just, can you believe that I didn't write that ahead of time? Hard I to believe. Truly you can't. can't have a house in space and you can't trust that <laughs> man. <laughs> I love it. Yeah. It just, you know, your eyes roll into the back of your head and it just happens. Mm, okay. Yeah, zen out. Let's see if we can find a good song and then. You just will go where you want to go. Hmm. I'm like a cloudy day. I'm unpredictable. I mean, you don't know if I'm going to end up sunny or if it's going to be rainy. I'm hard uh, to decipher, but... You know, I'm a rainy day, and I might be mysterious. I might not always pick up on hints or give you hints, but I sent you a text message. I sent you a text, and you didn't respond. But you watched my Instagram story, which is just, it's insane. All right, I'm a cloudy day. I am equal parts beautiful and terrifying and terrible. 
with my potential. And yet, when I sent a text, you didn't respond. And you know, I've never had a problem with being a little gloomy, with being a little hard to control or, you know, dress for, but now I have a problem with it. Now I'm wondering if there needs to be a break in this or me so that some sunshine or some rain can finally pour through. Because at the end of the day, I don't know where I'm going, but I'm going to get somewhere eventually. And you're going to need to respond to my text. Ah. <laughs> that was so good. I really worked. How did that feel? It felt, it felt really good for me. It felt good for me too. Oh my God. A perfect interaction. Ooh, oh, wow. I'm like a cloudy. I'm a oh. cloudy. Because you know, on the show, they're always being like, I am a, what does Arizona say? Like, I'm a good man in a storm. She does say that. And yeah. then Callie's dad slaps her back with it like a few seasons later when he's like, I thought you were a good man in a storm. That's right. Oh my gosh. Oh. Oh. Thank you so much for being on this podcast. Thank you for having me. Oh my gosh, me. I'm so glad that you could come and talk about Mark Sloan. Of course. Talk about what it's like to I don't, be McSteamy's <laughs> little intern. McSteamy's little intern. <laughs> I don't know if any of my friends know that I watch the show seriously and that I'm not joking about my love for it. Well, come on over to the other side where everyone knows too much about how much you love Grace. It's mm. fine. <laughs> <laughs> um, where can people find you? I'm on Instagram, I'm on Twitter, uh, Sid Battle or Sydney Battle. Yeah. And then I do shows at UCB. I'm on Lloyd Night. Yeah. And uh, I do some sketch at the pit, but I think by the time this comes out, uh, Sketch Fest will be over. It comes out but, on Monday, so maybe not. Yeah. Maybe, it's going to be over, but it will that's be what over. I'm well, doing. you can remember it when you're listening to this because I'm sure <laughs> you went anyway. Sure, you did. <laughs> Thank you so much for being on the podcast. Thank you so much for listening. And Thank I'll you. see you next week. Bye. Forever. Dog. This has been a Forever Dog production. Executive produced by Brett Boehm, Joe Cilio, and Alex Ramsey. For more original podcasts, please visit foreverdogpodcasts.com and subscribe to our shows on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Keep up with the latest Forever Dog news by following us on Twitter and Instagram, at Forever Dog Team, and liking our page on Facebook.